Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. My guest today is a tango singer and leader of the band Los Peores del Tango. Originally from Greece, he is now based in New York City. He has performed for the Contemporary Opera of Athens and has studied with a number of renowned singers. He has also performed in concerts all over Europe and the U.S., in 2010, he relocated to New York City, where he established the tango bands Tango Mediterraneo and Los Peores del Tango. He is also the lead singer for Da Capo Tango out in Washington, D.C. And with me now is Stratos Aklatis. Stratos, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Joe, and thanks so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, so even though we're all in self-quarantine at this moment, um, are you still finding opportunities to sing? Uh, well, I do collaborations um, with other musicians remotely, so mm-hmm. we just have different ideas and we just put them together, just recording with a metronome and then putting the pieces together to create a song. Yeah, also, you know, just preparing some songs for... Um, the the album that's coming up with my band so that's that's another project nice nice yeah so stratos how did you first become interested in singing is this something you grew up doing so no singing uh, came uh, secondary as i as i was a student of uh, accordion and electric bass in the conservatory okay so we had to do elective instrument and i just chose to do singing because I thought it would be less dedication, <laughs> less, you know, and it would take less time from my uh, the study of the other instruments. I see. But eventually, it became the only thing, and uh, it took my entire attention and dedication. So that's the story. Okay. Yeah. Does anyone else in your family sing, or is it mainly you? Not really. My dad likes to likes to sing, but mm. um, you know, casually, not really. Okay. In a formal setting, so I'm I'm the the first one to break oh, wow. the ice. Yeah, great. So so you said singing became the primary, uh, the primary musical focus. How did that happen? Uh, how it happened? So I started to sing and discovering things about myself. Also, I was getting a lot of good feedback in the beginning about it. So people would say, "Oh, you should consider doing that more seriously." Uh, there was also at the conservatory where where I was studying back then, uh, there was a production of Cats, the musical. Mm-hmm. So I had a background in dancing and, you know, there were some roles that were open and I auditioned and I, I got uh, in the chorus of the, of the musical. Oh, nice. So, you know, little by little then I, that triggered some, you know, desire for me to, to learn more about it. And I went to the Institute of Vocal Arts in Athens, in Greece, and I really studied um, about uh, the art of singing. Nice, nice. Well, that's great. That's I'm really, you know, really glad you you took that that singing course. And it's interesting how just how these things happen organically. You didn't really expect that. To... I would never imagine that I would do that in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, how did you become interested in in tango? All right, so. 
I became interested in dancing tango first and then singing. Uh, I will explain that. So back in 2008, I met this woman that liked to dance tango, but I had, had never seen her dance tango. So we, you know, we started flirting and <clears throat> we, we dated, we went, uh, went out a few times. Uh, she was living um, in uh, the U.S. I was living in Germany back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would meet her in a few months. She invited me to, to come to the U.S. And my goal was to learn tango so I can surprise her and dance with her mm. when I met her. So when I met her, so I started taking dance classes. And then when I met her, we started dating. But the tango part was not going so well because we started fighting over tango. Oh. So eventually we broke up. But my love and desire for tango became even stronger because I said, oh, I need to learn what, what that dance is about. Mm -hmm. So she was actually responsible for, for me coming to the U.S. and for me learning tango. So I am really grateful to her, mm -hmm. although the relationship was disastrous. Was, mm -hmm. It didn't go very well. Mm -hmm. But that was how I started dancing tango. Mm -hmm. Then singing tango is another story. And the turning point where was an evening. I was in Brooklyn, in Cobble Hill, walking actually right after a soccer game. I was playing. Mm -hmm. with some friends and I was in very casual clothing right after the game going back to the subway station so I was passing by uh, a restaurant called Pane Vino mm -hmm. uh, which was hosting um, tango nights every Thursday so Octavio Brunetti very famous tango pianist that passed away unfortunately mm -hmm. uh, was playing there with Adam Tully and Machiko Sawa they had a tango trio mm -hmm. and they were playing fantastic music every Thursday so the door was open because it was summer, and as I was passing by, I heard the beautiful uh, sound of the, the of the band, and I I went in. I was really ashamed for my uh, outfit, and I asked I asked the the bartender if I could stand in a corner and just listen to the music, and she was like, Oh no, no worries, just stay here, enjoy the music. You are so invited, so I ordered myself a glass of wine. I sat there, it was so beautiful. Then. In the break, Octavio came to me and we spoke. I said, oh, oh my God, that's so nice that you're doing. I would love to to learn how to sing tango. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, why don't you, I suggest a few songs and then you come back next Thursday and sing one of those. Wow. So little by little, every Thursday I was going there to that place and every Thursday I would sing another song. So I started to build some repertoire and then at some point I asked Octavio to, to give me some classes because you know you, you can copy what you hear but understanding the phrasing and the basic principles of tango is, is another story and needs a lot a lot of education mm -hmm. since you know I was not I didn't grow up with it right yeah. yeah yeah so before you sang tango now you were were you also trained in opera singing so yes, um, I was studying art song. I was studying lead, mm. and that's what I was doing in Germany before I came here. So when you came back that following Thursday to to <laughs> sing, that's just amazing how you just got how you, again you just kind of wandered into this into this establishment, and the next thing you know, you're singing. Uh, so how right. did that performance go? It went so and so. I I cannot say that now that I'm looking back. I was so naive, you know, and the more naive you are, the more brave you are, right. I guess. 
um, so I think if you know, with the knowledge I have today, I wouldn't do it today. I would be really scared to, you know, to sing. But back then, you know, people liked it and they encouraged me to keep doing it. And what did I know? I didn't, you know, I knew nothing about it. So, you know. <laughs> that that's so a really important life lesson. I think you yeah, just it was. Out. It was. A, I guess it was an environment with no not much critique people were like open and were like you know just hanging out there just enjoying their their evening so it was not that uh, judgmental i guess yeah. so that helped me to mm. you know to open up a little bit yeah. <laughs> yeah so when you started you know researching and educating yourself about tango and tango music and, and tango singing uh, what were some things that surprised you or that really intrigued you something that has so much freedom for you to express your internal feelings mm -hmm. compared to classical music where things are so structured right yeah you cannot deviate you like deviation so little like everything is written there and the style of the composer people know about it for like thousands of years so it's really really hard to do anything uh, that uh, expresses your your personality Mm -hmm. And tango, I like that. Yeah, you you can there's for the same phrase. There's thousands of different of interpretations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I like that. I like that freedom, and I like that uh, I could reinvent myself. And the theatrical part of it, you know, that there's something really theatrical about it mm -hmm. that was missing from classical music. You know, there was a there was also deep emotion to it. You can really listen tango if you are sad, if you are happy. Uh, no matter what your sentimental condition is, you, you, tango can really speak to you. In your saddest moments, in your happiest moments, you, you can listen to tango and really tells you something every time. Yeah. Yeah, that is really, that's really interesting because uh, such these sad, melancholic songs can somehow lift your spirits. It's, it's mm. odd. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I love what you said about how this song, it gives you a lot of creative latitude. I mean, I hear that from a lot of other musicians, but to hear that from a singer, that's really that's really great. So when you start maybe practicing a song or exploring a song with your with your group, how do you how do you choose to interpret it as a singer? Do you try out several different uh different styles or do you Yeah, first of all, I would um the compose the music and uh, like, so I would try to learn the music really well then I would approach the song just very neutrally uh, with just a single vowel in the melody just you know letting the, the melody of, and what the composer uh, wrote speak to me and then I would go and listen to different interpretations from other singers and other orchestras then I would start putting the words just reciting the words and just understanding what it is about, just the the, the letter and the poem, mm -hmm. and then I would start really singing the song. So it's it's a process of try to make it mine and not just copy a famous singer that's doing it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, when I've talked with other other musicians, and they all, they often talk about how they sometimes play uh, a la parisia, you know, it's a sort right. of on the right. fly. Yeah, so. I, of course, I would I would probably say that that one Thursday night in New York when you were singing that might count almost as as a la parilla, but um with more experience as a more experienced uh, tango singer now, what's what's that like for you when you when you're singing a la parilla? 
one, Aparisha, is something I think you 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 have to go through, right? To mm -hmm. like sing and just switch things around every time. Things turn out differently. The first verse and the second verse is different. Mm -hmm. So it has a magical moment because it's all uh, you. There's a lot of improvisation there. At some point, though, if you want to go deeper into the music, uh, you have to do some kind of uh, orchestration, some kind of arrangements, actually. Mm -hmm. And that's what, uh, at some point, you know, there was a dead end in uh, La Parisha. And I said, okay, uh, we it, it was nice, but we need also to have our own uh, arrangements and just try mm -hmm. to go deeper into some songs and have our own sound. But still, uh, when I had do my concerts, I have a part of the concert that's La Parisha and part of it that's uh, arranged mm. uh, because I don't want to kill any kind of improvisational uh, uh, aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tango singing. It's it's uh, it's wonderful. Because I really like that version of um, Caricias that you and your group Los Peores of Tango recorded. Oh, it, it's yeah. It's a really lovely version. It's uh, I, I'm most familiar with Biagi's version. I think it was a later right, right. Biagi version. It's a little more sharper, a little more rhythmic. Um, right. But your version is just very smooth, very legato-like. So I think uh, myself, I, the first one um, I heard was the Lagostino Vargas. Okay. That influenced me, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. And I heard the the Biagi version later, actually. Okay. Okay. So and I, you know, I I'm, I'm more a Vargas person. Uh, I think like the Johann Sebastian Bach of. Um, of tango musicians like mm -hmm. D'Agostino Vargas because they play everything it's so solid you know it, it doesn't it mm -hmm. doesn't have uh, edges it's so smooth it's so round it's... yeah yeah it was it was uh, it's really nice really good stuff yes that's another thing is we mentioned your group Los, Los Peores del Tango so how did you how did you start that that group that group started actually because uh, me and another dancer, another friend um, from the dancing scene, London Hong, he's a Korean uh, tangero that now has uh, relocated back to Seoul, where he's from. Uh, we started learning a few uh, tango duets. So I had tango, uh, you know, singing background, and I, I would teach him, and we 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 studied uh, like ten, twelve songs. Mm -hmm were written for two male voices. Then we just uh, recruited a few few musicians and we started playing these songs mm -hmm. along with some solos. So that became a full program actually and we got residency in a local bar and we would sing every Friday. Oh nice. So that's how it started and then you know it became an actual group and we started playing in other milongas and festivals. So it began as a small you know um, casual concert and then it became a whole thing and then at some point uh, we kept doing it the feedback from the audience was really good and you know we we turned the whole thing into a formal group we did our own arrangements uh, we are almost done with uh, the album recording which is about to be released when this uh, pandemic is over and so yeah that, that's the story of the group Awesome. Yeah. And um, last week I interviewed our uh, our mutual friend, Maxfield Wallum mm -hmm. Fisher out in D.C. And uh, mm -hmm. you're the lead singer of Da Capo Tango, his group out right. there. How, how did you how did you link up with Max? So Max is a, for me is a figure that really, really has contributed to my tango. 
and I'm really grateful about our friendship and musicianship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met him actually when he was uh, he had moved to New York City for um, for a year, I think. Mm-hmm. And there was this tango organizer, Dragon, who said, "Oh, by the way, I know this guy. He just moved here, and he also plays tango." I said, "Okay, um, introduce us." And then I introduce, you know, I got introduced to Max. We really clicked together from the first moment, and we started playing together. I was, uh, we didn't have a bandoneon player back then, so I would, I would play the accordion and sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a pianist, Mauricio Nacht, would be Max. Uh, Mauricio and myself. Nice. And we play in milongas, and you know, we became best friends with Max. We were inseparable. <laughs> so we, I go down there every two months and sing with them whenever they have a special event. Mm-hmm. We also play in tango festivals nowadays. So it's it's been a very nice collaboration, and it's growing uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. It has grown um, a lot since we started. So I'm really really grateful for the friendship. That I have with him. Yeah, yeah. We were so sad when he left Madison when for New York, but we knew that he was on to great things. So yeah, yeah really I, glad he met you. And look, yeah, it's brought us all I'm, together. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Stratos, it's really it's really fun talking talking to singers and, and hearing how they got into it. So uh, at some point, I'm sure. Perhaps uh, in the future, someone might listen. Uh, some other singer might listen to this and become interested in, in singing tango. So, for for those singers out there who don't have any tango experience but would would be curious about trying it, what advice would you have for them? First of all, listen a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Listen a lot of recordings. Listen how the new tango musicians interpret the music. Um, the new tango singer from Buenos Aires interpret the music because also we have to see how this thing has evolved right mm-hmm. uh, how this line and just not be stuck in the in the past but also you know the voice has changed the humanity has changed uh, the approach has changed so listen a lot of music first of all second just get connected to you know the dance of tango because you know dancing and singing and then the music they grew together so there is interpretations of dancing in the music and the interpretations of music in the dance mm-hmm. so and another advice is just to you can also study singing separately without uh, imposing any any styles on their voice just be free mm-hmm. uh, so they can really sing because if you I think one uh, obstacle in, in singing tango is when you are um, stuck in a certain um, singing approach, right? Tango, you you need to like be close to your speaking voice. You need to be close to your to your honesty, mm-hmm. right? Any any um, imposed posture in the voice will will sound really bad in tango. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A while back, I um I interviewed a uh, Julian Ingram and uh, Erskine Maitreno. They were both former opera singers, and they were mm-hmm. kind of talking about the challenges of of going from the opera energy to, to tango. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the same thing may happen to me if I try to sing opera nowadays. <laughs> I guess. With too much tango yeah. showing on my voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Stratos, is there anything new you would like to try or experiment with looking forward with tango music? Maybe I would like to, because I, I have a, a Greek background, as you know, so there is a lot of uh, 
tango songs in the Greek repertoire, tango rhythms, hmm. uh, but 40s and 50s, and I would like to explore uh, rearranging and repurposing these songs in a new um, in a new project, in a new album, mm-hmm. as a, the second album of the band. And that's because they are beautiful melodies, they are beautiful songs, they are missing the kick of tango, I feel. I see. They're missing, like, you know, this, um, this spice that uh, Argentinian tango music has. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, in my band, we have a lot of Argentinian musicians, and they, they are embedded in that mm-hmm. genre. So I would like to take these melodies and re- re-look at them mm-hmm. and probably do a project with that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so being a, a tango singer, you're, you're obviously singing in Spanish um, mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, right. So did you also pick up Spanish along the way? Yes, I did. Nice. Um, and it was a great uh, motivation for me to to learn it properly. So I went to an institute here in New York to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. But then I did a lot of personal uh, work with it. Just um, I didn't miss any chance to speak Spanish, to write Spanish, mm-hmm. always having chats with Spanish-speaking uh, musicians or friends. Mm-hmm. So I really, really tried to uh, use it a lot. And that's how I learned it. It's very essential. Like it's it's part of the being in the tango world to learn the language. Absolutely. It's very, very important. Yeah. And uh, you've also traveled to Buenos Aires before. I did. I traveled twice, one last year and one when I first started um, dancing tango. Nice. nice. Uh, it was a very different experience. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, uh, the unknown uh, in the first during the first visit. And it was also really nice to explore uh, things after you have learned a couple of things mm-hmm. about tango. Yeah. yeah. What were some things during your visit in Buenos Aires that uh, that really opened your eyes to tango or some something really valuable that you, yeah, you picked I, up while you were there? So really valuable is that people who own tango, that really grew up into tango, they are really open about it and they, they share, they are generous about it. Well, what I experienced on the contrary while I was here was there was some kind of um, guarded approach from people who were in tango that they, they wouldn't be very open in sharing things mm. and you know inviting you when I were, when I went there like people who were really really uh, up there mm-hmm. they were so open to share things about tango and that really opened my eyes and I made so many friendships from there nice nice uh, that yeah. was really eye opening and it helped me a lot mm-hmm. to have friends who are, were really really um, generous to me mm-hmm about it in, in the dance world and also in the in the music world as well. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. Well, Stratos, this has been a lot of fun. So where do we find uh, out more about you online? Uh, so we have the website, uh, lospeoresdeltango.com, and also a Facebook page of the band. Okay. Uh, so I'm posting most of the stuff that I do over there. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, I will be able to send you a copy of the album. Um, Great. Before... Um, Summer starts. Okay. <laughs> uh, otherwise, soon after that. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes. how, how are you guys holding up? Okay, over there. Yeah, I mean, Madison's. It's it's okay. I mean, we're not we're not quite as dense as New York. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I used I actually used to live in New York for a few years, and um, yeah, I couldn't imagine really being being there now. But 
I mean, there it's, um, but yeah, but here it's, it's fine. It's a pretty wide open area. I can still go right. out and walk my dog. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, 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 it's hard on everybody and yeah. hopefully, uh, it, it, this will end, uh, sooner rather than later. So if you're listening to this uh, at some point after April of 2020, hopefully life is a little bit more back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> we're absolutely. Not under this, we, this... we miss music a lot. We miss yeah. playing music and dancing. Mm-hmm. I always, I, Will will be affected uh, really really harshly. Yeah. From the whole the whole crisis. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Fortunately, I have a hardwood floor in my um in my oh, home, so very, my wife and I can still dance a very, little bit. Same, but... same with me. Same with me. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard but... being away from the community and. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Good. Yeah. So it's really exciting now. Do you, do you have any albums that are released currently? Uh so I have participations in. Okay. Um, in different albums, but it's uh, Greek music. Okay. Uh, um, and you have to write uh, my spell my name in Greek to to find me. I see. <laughs> but soon I am um, I'm promising uh, that I'm I'm gonna have everything up there, all the the tango songs that we have recorded, ten songs. Great. Rearranged and there's uh, one original song and one rembetico song, one mm-hmm. uh, Greek folkloric song arranged okay. to tango. So. Some good music, uh, it's on the way. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. And then you can definitely, I think on your YouTube channel, I caught the um, version of Caricias, but that's also on the website, too. Right, right. So you yes. can definitely encourage you to have a listen to that. And uh, yeah, I'll have the URL to your website in our show notes so people can learn more about you and they can oh, keep good. up to date on your uh, on your albums. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, Stratos, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Hopefully, uh, I can meet you in person next time I'm in New York. I would love that. Yes, it would be amazing. Yeah. Great. All right. Take care. Thank you. Be safe. You too. All right. Good stuff. I really liked hearing about how Stratos first got started singing tango in Brooklyn. He just showed up one night, started talking to the tango band, and was invited to come back and sing the following week. And that knowing what he knows now, he probably wouldn't have done it. But at the time, he was, as he describes it, naive and brave. And I find that combination of naivety and bravery is often necessary if we have any desire to achieve something big. I also liked what Stratos said about singing tango music and how it's very open to interpretation. And that good tango singing has to be authentic and reflect your personality. You can't impose a personality on it. And I think Stratos brought up a very important point when he talked about his formative years as a developing tango singer, in that he encountered very accomplished musicians who were generous with their knowledge and willing to share. And that's what we'll often find, that the most influential, skilled people in tango are often very generous about what they know. It's not this closed-off secret society. And if you want to know something, all you got to do is ask. Generosity helps tango stay alive and grow, no matter where we are in our dancing or singing, if we have a chance to be generous with our knowledge, and if we're willing to share that with curious minds, we not only enrich someone else's life, but we also help the community as a whole. Stratos was able to develop into a great singer because of the generosity of other experienced and famous musicians. And that generosity didn't just help him, Indirectly, it helps all the tango fans who get to listen to him perform. 
So thank you again, Stratos, for sharing your thoughts and for being generous with your time. Much appreciated. And a big thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. I know life is busy for all of you, and it really means a lot that you've made time to listen to this show. If you're enjoying it, please take a quick moment to subscribe, and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. And be sure to check out my online course on demystifying back saccadas. Yes, this is a step that you can do. I will show you how. Just visit HealthyTango.com to get started. Once again, HealthyTango.com to get started. There's a big uh, purple sign on there about back saccadas. Can't miss it. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.